Welcome to your headquarters for knowledge and helpful advice on a variety of topics, all from trusted experts in their fields. It's time for River City Podcast. Rita Valderez is a CPA with over 40 years of experience navigating the complicated tax world in order to help her clients. She initially started her career with the IRS and progressed as a partner in several large CPA firms into owning her own firm. Retha formed Valderas Financial in January of 2015. Her firm works with passionate entrepreneurs in the service, real estate, and construction areas and have significant experience working with startups and franchises. In addition, Valderas Financial services high net worth individuals with complicated tax issues. With decades of experience under their belt, they are numbers experts who also understand the importance of superior client customer service. Retha, welcome to River City Podcast. So Retha, I'm excited to have you here today. Thank Uh, you. It seems like there's just so many new businesses that have been created kind of post-COVID. People that are sort of following their dreams. They've gotten out of the corporate world. They're launching these businesses. But for a lot of them, this is kind of their first year of having that business. And it seemed like having someone like you come in and give some planning tips and helping people guide them through the end of the year so they don't make any big mistakes or they take advantages of the things that they need to as a business would be helpful. So let's start with what folks need to do to begin year-end business planning. So to begin year-end business planning, you actually have to know where you're at. A business owner has to review their financial statements if they have them year-to-date. And usually they're going to look at their profit and loss statement and their balance sheet They also have to think about what's going to happen in that last month of December so that they can get a full year view of what their taxable income is going to be like in 2022. Why wouldn't they have that to reflect on? What would be a reason that a business might not have that? A lot of times when people start businesses, they really don't comprehend how important it is to keep their books and records. And so a lot of times they'll say, but I have all my receipts. And they haven't really added their income up. They haven't put it into any formal set of books and records, especially a new business. New businesses are notorious for not having very good records the first year that we deal with them. What if you have business expenses that you paid for out of like your personal pocket? That's probably one of the most important things that I tell people to do before you're in. Reimburse yourself out of the business. And people will just spend a little money here, a little money there. And when you add all that money up at the end of the year, it's a lot. And so you may be overpaying your income tax. So I make sure that people will reimburse themselves. The things I think about that people always forget is reimbursing themselves for auto mileage, as an example. And in 2022, for the first half of the year, you could reimburse yourself 58 and a half cents a mile at the after June, as of July 1st, you can reimburse yourself 62.5 cents a mile for any non-owned car, like it's your own personal car. The other thing that people forget, they'll take someone out to lunch or dinner. They're trying to get a new client and they'll pay it personally. Maybe they don't have a business credit card yet. And they'll say, oh, I'll remember to do that later. And they don't. This year is extremely important because in 2022, business meals are deductible 100%. After 2022, we go back to only being able to deduct 50%. So it's pretty important. That what just occurred to me is we do a lot of networking and 
at those networking events, sometimes buy lunch, sometimes buy coffees. So does that count? Yes, I would be counting all that in. And that's the kind of thing that you forget. Everybody does. And what if you don't have those receipts? Well, if you charged it, you'll have a receipt. If you charge it on your personal credit card, you have a receipt. The IRS does require you to keep, if you want to know the real details, they require you to keep the receipt, keep what you did and what you discussed at that lunch and who you took to that lunch. Were they a prospective client? What was their name? You know, et cetera, et cetera. In today's world, very few people actually keep receipts. Everything's virtual. And you can get away with that? I haven't been tested yet with (laughs) clients yet. And honestly, I think it would be really extremely hard for the IRS to come after someone if they actually could produce the receipt and they could tell who they went to lunch with and their calendar said, this is where I uh, went to lunch with. I doubt that they would bother them. What about deferring income into next year? Can you talk to that? Yeah, and it really depends. Like if you were a new business and you're just starting off, you probably don't want to defer income. You probably want to have a little income. Let's just say you've been in business for a while and you know this was an extraordinarily great year. And next year, you really don't think that it's going to be as good as this year. Then that might be a real reason to try to defer income. And how people do it are different ways. Most businesses are cash basis, meaning they report income when they receive the cash and they take deductions when they pay cash. I would say that a lot of people will actually not send out their December invoices to clients because they don't want the money. And so they're pushing it to the following year. That's fine as long as you're not interrupting your business cycle. Meaning, as an example, I know a business that actually did that and they also did something worse. They paid all of their expenses as much as they could get by the year end, not understanding in January they needed a lot of cash for their business. So you got to really think it out. It's not just something you say, oh, I'm going to defer or, oh, I'm going to have more expenses. You really have to think about what's going to happen in 22, what's going to happen in 23. And sometimes you have to take into consideration if we know there's tax law changes. Right now there aren't, but sometimes there are. And that makes a big difference. There are so many nuances, Ritha. And one question that I think some, especially new business owners might have is if you were to hire a CPA firm like Valderas or somebody else, if you were to hire a firm, you're getting paid to do the taxes for that business. Does that kind of come with these tips and advice and sort of strategies or how does that work from a... So it just really depends. We have clients that use different levels of service. Sometimes people will just come in once a year, even a business. And we don't really have very many of these where we have to do the accounting for the whole year, which is just atrocious in January to April. It's not an ideal thing for anybody. And they don't call. They don't talk to you. They really, it's really tough because we can't help them if they don't communicate. So we have other clients that we do monthly accounting. And sometimes we'll look at things and notice things that are really not good. Like recently, we had a client where we were doing the accounting and we like see this $10,000 charge on a credit card. And so we asked the client, you know, what is this? And they're going, it's not mine. And we even had the name of the person did it. Of course, they refuted the charge. But if you didn't do your accounting, you wouldn't know that. And you probably would know it when you get the credit card and you had to pay all this money. Right. But a lot of people just don't pay attention to stuff like that. So we do. We pay attention to stuff like that. We pay attention to why things are all of a sudden much higher than they were or much lower than they were. Sometimes people forget to pay bills. What about expenses? During year end, people 
are always trying to get rid of cash. And that always sounds funny, but it's true, especially if they have a high income. And so you want to think about paying any bills that you have due in January. You can pay them and deduct it in December of this year. A lot of times companies will pay bonuses at year end. It's a great time. And what you have to do is really say, okay, here's the pool of money I have. And then you have to determine how you're going to give that bonus, like who's going to get the bonus and how much. The other thing people do is they stock up on routine supplies. Like, for instance, in our business, the two things that are routine supplies that we do really stock up on at year end, paper, and we do go through a lot of paper, and cartridges for computers. And so we will buy a lot of cartridges, a lot of paper. What I would say, though, is don't be spending money ridiculously. I had a client once that wanted to get their income down and prepaid $8,000 worth of postage. They probably to this day are still using that postage, I would imagine. I think I thought it was really crazy. And if you have a company where you're selling products and you have inventory, you really don't want to acquire any extra inventory because that inventory, you don't get to deduct it until it's sold. So that's one exception that you'd have to be careful of. And I would imagine if you're looking out at the next year and you may have a need for new computers, that might be a good one, too. Yeah. And most people and that sort of gets into taking advantage of expensing new equipment. It's a great idea. One of the problems right now is if you tried to order a computer right now, it would be very challenging to get that computer before December 31st and you actually have to place it in service. So a lot of people will try to, on December 29th, order something. We can't take depreciation or write it off until the following year. It's not until you physically get it and you place it in service. Even if you've paid for it. Even if you've paid for it. Yes, it can have a surprise to people. So it's hard this time of year. I mean, whether it's computers or whatever you want to get, a scanner, trying to buy a car is almost, that's almost impossible right now, you know, because you're looking pretty much six months out. Rita, how can you take advantage of 100% bonus depreciation? Well, when you buy that capital equipment like the computer or the fax, even a car, now a car has other limitations, but your CPA should be looking at how to maximize that deduction. And there's a couple different ways. There's 100% bonus depreciation, which means for this year, for 2022, you can write off 100% of it. And the limit's very high. It's over a million dollars. So it's for most small businesses, that's a non-issue. However, we also, the IRS allows you to take, if you have, you're buying one thing and it's $2,500 or less, you don't even put it on the depreciation schedule. You just write it off as an expense. And we call it assets under $2,500. So that's another way that you can do it. I know that for our advertising agency, we're really reviewing our business structure and seeing what changes we might want to make for next year. What tips do you have for doing a review to make sure what you're doing now is kind of the best thing for 2023? For 2023 and for every year, you should always be looking at your business structure because things change, laws change. Right now, I'd say the one thing that we see pretty consistently, especially with new businesses, Since over 70% of small businesses are sole proprietors, because it's very easy to start, you don't have to do a lot of things. A lot of times, if they make a lot of money, let's just say we're at December and they've made, you know, $100,000 or $150,000 in profit for the year, and they were a sole proprietor, they are overpaying their self-employment tax by a lot. And so what a lot of people will consider doing 
is actually making an election for 2023, an S-corp election. And what happens with an S-corp is that you do have to file another tax return. You do have to have payroll and you have to pay yourself an acceptable level of pay. But on that rest of that profit, there's no self-employment tax. So it can be huge. I mean, we have saved some people. I can remember one client was a partnership and they should have been an S-corp. And I think we saved them $33,000 a year. It was huge. Wow. Yeah. That could make or break a small business. Uh, It could. What about retirement plans? We are always asked about retirement plans. And typically, it is not something that you do at year end, meaning you plan throughout the whole year whether you're going to have a retirement plan. And you really have to sit down with your CPA and your financial advisor and really figure out what the best retirement plan is because there are so many out there. Some of them require, like if you wanted to set a 401k up, you'd have to do that by, I believe, October 15th is the date for the following year. So it's not something you can just do at the end of the year. And there are some that you can do at the end of the year. And most plans, if you fund them by the due date of the tax return, so if you were a sole proprietorship and you funded it by April 15th, you actually could take the deduction even if you paid it on April 15th for the prior year. It's, it's one exception of January 1 to December 31st, but you got to really be careful. And they have such different amounts of money that can go into them. And the other thing that you have to watch out for is, do you have employees? Because you can't discriminate in favor of yourself, but there are ways to get around that too. It's so funny. We actually met with one of our financial planners about a lot of these things this morning. And halfway through, I'm like, we can't have this conversation without Retha. <laughs> like everything <laughs> tied back to you. You know, I'm just learning all this. For me, it's all brand new. So let's talk about the pandemic. Are there still any coronavirus related pandemic items like the employee retention tax credit or is all that over? Pretty much the PPP loans, which everybody knows about. They've gone by the wayside. There are several things. The most important one that most people should really consider is there still is a thing called the employee retention tax credit. So if you were a business and you had a decline in gross revenues in 2020 and 2021, and it could be one year or one quarter, it could be anything, or you had operations fully or partially suspended, the state of Virginia suspended, for instance, restaurants. That's a great example. You may qualify for employee retention tax credits. We've had clients that have gotten as low as $8,000 back. And then we've had clients that have gotten $1.5 million. And if you have a lot of employees and they had like three different companies and they had a lot of employees, so it really makes a big difference and it can make a big difference in your cash flow. Saying that, it also affects when you get that money, you're going to have lower taxable income that year because it's really a reduction of your employment taxes. So you also have to plan for the next year. Right. Because it it has a profound effect on it. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. It is a jigsaw puzzle. That's my job. (laughs) I heard a few business owners talking about the IRS and some changes going on and specifically related to 1099 and digging deeper into that with small businesses. Businesses, typically, first of all, there's the responsibility of the business owner. If they pay anyone $600 or more in a year, they're required to give 1099s. That's not new. Is it being enforced now? Yes, it is. So, for instance, if you had a contractor and let's say they paid five people as subcontractors, even if they wrote them checks and they didn't give them 1099s, if the IRS were to come in and audit them, if they can't do the 1099, which most people at that point, they're gone. 
they would disallow all those expenses. So it's pretty huge. The other thing about 1099s is IRS figured very quickly that a lot of people were selling online, selling products. And they require now, for instance, if you're using PayPal as an example, that if you have gotten more than $600, you're going to get a 1099. For the year? For the year. The problem with that, and I'll give a great example, is a relative of mine actually sells everything in their house when they're done with it. And it could be the smallest, this little cup right in front of you. They'd sell it. It's gone. Everything's pristine in their house. If clothing is done with, it's sold. And the problem is they're getting a 1099. And so you have to have a CPA that quite understands it's not really a business. They are just disposing of personal income. IRS does not have a way to separate business income from personal things. Venmo's use some money. They're just reimbursing you for because you went out to dinner and they're giving right. you half the money. You kind of got to keep a record of all that now. I think it's going to be a challenge for the IRS. Right now, the IRS is going through tremendous change. People have to understand that they have gone from 135,000 employees down to 75,000. That was at the beginning of this year. And I think they expected 20,000 to retire. So now they'll be down to 55,000. They've been trying to onboard about 10,000. And it's a challenge. Just like we all have challenges hiring people, IRS has the same challenge. It's tougher and tougher to deal with the IRS. Our biggest challenge as a practitioner is that when we're trying to resolve a problem for a client, we wait for a while to get answered and then hopefully have someone that can actually resolve the problem. And that's a challenge. I think that'll be an ongoing challenge for a while. That's one thing I love about working with you, Retha, is knowing that you um, did your IRS time so you have that experience. I think that's invaluable with what you do. So I remember a business owner that I met once saying that, and you did their taxes or do their taxes. And they said, if you weren't doing this anymore, they would literally shut down their business. And I think that just says it all about how vital it is to have you keeping us thriving. So I appreciate you giving these tips for the year and being on River City Podcast. Right. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to River City Podcast. If you're interested in setting up a podcast for your business, go to rivercityconsulting.com.